Welcome to episode 52 of Land the Plane Podcast. Hello once again, everybody. Welcome to Land and Plan Podcast. My name is Dustin. I'm Jonathan. And uh, we are here fresh off the frozen tundra of Arkansas. Snowmageddon 21. Seriously, though. We made it. Y'all know we record out of Arkansas. If you don't know that, now you do. You should listen to more episodes. We talk about it a lot. But uh, we just had, we just wrapped up a record-breaking week here in Arkansas. Record colds. Records. Like, it was negative. We hardly ever see that before a number. Um, and the temperature wise, we never see that. What'd you say? We never see a negative symbol before a number. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. We don't have negative temperatures here. Yeah, a lot of children were really confused. Yeah, mine too, because I left them outside the whole time. They were like, "Why won't you let me in?" I was like, "You're taking up the warmth." <laughs> but uh, no, they're fine. They're fine. Uh, but yeah, then we had record amounts of snow. Uh, two rounds of major snowstorm around here. We got like, what'd you get? I got. I think. Between the two storms, I got like 16 to 18 inches in my house. Yeah. we. I never actually went out back and measured it, but I do know it was deep. It was a big ordeal yeah. around here. And we got, like, the the weather guys measured over that one-week period, we got 19.3 inches fell in, in our hometown. Yeah. Not surprised. It's so, a lot of snow. But typical of Arkansas. If you uh, don't like the weather, just wait a day, because literally, after a week of record temperatures... You just need to go ahead and say that. Bobby just uttered the word that I hate the most. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Not the most, but one of them. 2020 word. Here you go. That snow was... Unprecedented. (laughs) Uh, uh, Thought we were over that. (laughs) Yes, it was. It was treacherous and unprecedented that's the word i don't like treacherous but no it was it was a lot of fun uh but typical of arkansas if you don't like the weather just wait a day because it was like wind chills of negative teens last tuesday negative 22 yeah wind chill factor this tuesday just a couple days ago was like 76 yeah (laughs) so it's dumb snow's like almost a 100 degree change while we got the sniffles, Jonathan. Yeah. If y'all hear me this whole episode, don't be mad. It's the storm's fault. Because I'm not editing them out. That's right. That's right. I'm going to keep it to a minimum, though. Because we do have a special guest tonight. We do, we do. And he's going to be joining us again on this series of apologetics. But before we get going, Jonathan, you looked at me suspiciously before the show and said, I've got something to share. I do. I have a story. Let's hear it. And it's uh. It's, hey, before we start, it's kind of. I just noticed something. Do you have a, do you have a coffee cup warmer? Yeah. Oh, in coffee, already warm. Well, it, that way it doesn't cool down too quickly. Why don't you give me a warmer for my? You can hot have it. apple cider. You can have it. Just drag it down. Double standards around here. You're hiding it. Yeah. I, I didn't even let her guest have it. I know. I mean, why would we? He's only here temporarily. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Oh, we yeah. almost had coffee all over the <laughs> microphone right there. Oh, shoot. All right, back to your story, Jonathan. Right. No, no more interruptions. All right, here we go. So, 
I waited because I knew you were dumb and going to do it. <laughs> Couldn't help myself. Yeah. So <clears throat> last week, uh, a couple of nights after we recorded the episode, a couple of weeks ago, I guess, I had the weirdest dream. And I don't remember most of my dreams. That's probably a good thing. But I had the weirdest dream. I was dreaming that I was in a at a chemical plant that I have worked on, worked inside of when I was younger. It's in East Tennessee. It's called Eastman. It used to be Eastman Kodak. Gigantic plant. Okay. Um, like, more, I think it's more than a mile wide each direction. It's a humongous place. Um, and I, I was dreaming that I was there and that a big fire had had erupted somewhere in the plant. And I think I even knew the, the building number. Um, and I recognized kind of, hey, I know where that is. I can go help, which is dumb because in a chemical plant, you leave the firefighting up to the, the people that know what they're doing. Um, and so, I, but I just remember somebody saying, Hey, there's a, there's like a fire truck at this particular place. And if you could take it to where they are, that would be, you know, a big thing and, and all that. So, you know, my hero popped in and it's like, I got to go there. And so I'm driving this huge old fire truck through this chemical plant and there's stuff everywhere. I'm taking wrong turns and I just keep going, and I remember like plowing over stuff, knocking cars out of the way. I mean, I'm, you know, it's like crazy taxi, but fire truck version, you know. And so I'm going, but I'm I'm not sure exactly how to get there because I mean it's a big place. And so I remember just go towards the fire. Well, but if you you ever been in a big city? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you're surrounded by kind of tall buildings. Okay. You can't see things on the other side of the buildings. And it was kind of that way. Because we're just different levels of hero, John. You know. So, yeah, I couldn't fly on top of the building and look around. So, I remember stopping and, like, getting out of the fire truck, running into a building and saying, hey, I need to get to building. I think it was building 165. And so, I need to get to that building. And everybody that I came across, like, kind of knew where it was. And could sort of tell me what direction to go and, you know, all these things. And I just remember being so frustrated because I needed to get somewhere to help with this this bad fire. But I wasn't exactly sure how to get there. And nobody that was, that should know how to tell me how to get there was able to tell me how to get there. You know, they were just, I don't, I'm not exactly... Sure, but you kind of go, you know, all those kind of things. But no matter how hard I tried, I, I just couldn't get there. And I was just so frustrated when I woke up. And I just remembered thinking, you know what? that That's why we're doing this series. Like, that's why we're doing this series on apologetics. Because there there are people out there who are searching for God. There's people out there that are interested in you know, and kind of seeking out the truths of God. And I kind of feel like they're probably going around, like, asking even Christians, hey, what about this? Hey, what about this? And for them, it's probably very frustrating to, you know, not get answers. 
and I, I think a lot of times we just kind of think that anytime we might have to answer questions, you know, like apologetics is only for arguing, you know, like yeah. if people, you know, come up and they just like, they hate Christians and well, they want to try to back you into a corner, but really that's, that that's really not the case most of the time. Are there people like that? Yes, obviously. There are also a lot of Christians who love to argue and are jerks about it. Um, but I think for us as Christians, like we need to be able to give answers to people who are legitimately looking for answers about God. And I just remember, like when I woke up from that dream, and I'm not saying that, like, God gave me that dream, you know, that kind of thing. But I really, when I woke up, I thought, man, I think that's why we're doing this series is because I think there are probably a lot of people, one, that are frustrated trying to find the answer. And then there, two, there's probably a lot of Christians who are frustrated that they they don't feel like they can give an answer because they don't know, you know, how to answer. And I think it's safe to say that there's some people out here who believe they're believers and they're followers of Christ, and they still have these questions yeah. themselves because they're I mean yeah. they're they're fair questions, they're fair challenging questions. But hey, that sounds like a great segue to bring Bobby officially Bobby on board. Come on, Bobby! <laughs> I'll lean up now into the microphone. <laughs> He's just relaxing back in his chair. <laughs> it was it was kind of nice being kicked back there. Yeah. He's kind of sitting there smoking on a on a pipe. It just reminded me of like a philosopher you know? oh, I thought he was going to be like some Gandalf the Grey or something Lord the philosophy Lord. comes later that's not tonight <laughs> tonight tonight we're being scientists Ooh, yeah yeah put down the pipe I'm just kidding he doesn't have a pipe <laughs> people can take that a lot of ways I when know. you say put down the pipe so you need to be careful <laughs> Christian broadcast here Jonathan put that in your pipe and smoke it <laughs> alright before <laughs> Yo, Jonathan, I'm going to spit all over himself. He cracked himself Man. up so much. I love those moments. Coffee and computers don't go well together, yeah. so remember that as you're yeah, taking a it's, drink. it's bad. Before we, before we dig into that, though, we, we were talking a little bit before we started recording, and and I didn't feel like that there were some things that, that I communicated very well last week, and hopefully I'm being a little hypercritical, but I don't think so. And, and Jonathan and I were having some discussions about truth. And Jonathan that's made the truth. A, that's the truth. Jonathan made a very valid point that I don't think we were clear with with the distinction between truth claims and what is truth and objective truth. And and just just to clear that up a little bit, when when we make a truth claim, mm-hmm. we are we are saying something that we believe is truth. What is truth itself is something that comports with equals reality mm-hmm. okay and, and and the fact of reality is a basic belief it's something that's just there it's something that we can see and touch and feel and hear and so we are we are going to in in this segment begin to make truth claims mm-hmm. and and I was having a great discussion and I don't know if the the gentleman I assume he's a gentleman um, from Georgia that I was having a discussion with over Twitter. I love I love to engage people on Twitter. And and in the last few weeks, I've engaged one guy from Georgia and one guy from California, both of whom were 
were just very cordial, very nice people to to converse back and forth with, and and obviously from their discussion, pretty smart guys. But um, this guy was was struggling, as as he said it, with the fact that he just did not feel that the Christian arguments were convincing, and and we had a discussion about choosing to be convinced, mm-hmm. and and he was just stuck with with the fact that I don't choose what convinces me. I don't choose. And and so I've been thinking about that really hard. And if he's listening, or if he does listen to this, I, I hope he knows that, that his thoughts and, and his words really made me think a lot. And, and I appreciate that. I, I love when people uh, challenge us and make us think and, and discuss with us. And um, it, it, to me, this is kind of like the bridge over the Arkansas River that, that we can all, and, and if you're in another state, I know you've got family in Tennessee, and I've been over the bridges over the Tennessee River and over the Mississippi River, but this is this is kind of like where you're going from, from Memphis, West Memphis into Memphis. We've got two choices. We've got two bridges we can cross, mm-hmm. one one on the south end and one on the north end, and and you've got to get to Memphis. I mean, we're we're all going to die. Not an option. Swimming's not a real option. There's lots of nasty Mississippi River's just kind of nasty. Yeah, it's not real. But but we're we're all going to die. We're all going to get there at some point. And and so you are either going to have faith in that South Bridge or that North Bridge. A lot of atheists say they don't have faith. It's an it's just a lack of belief. But but you have faith in one or the other. You have a belief, even if you have an unbelief. You're, you're choosing not to believe in something. Yeah. And what we are going to try to do over the next several episodes is is we're going to try to build that bridge because most of us just go over that bridge and, and we accept that there's appropriate engineering and appropriate construction that has built that bridge. Uh, most of us, you ask somebody why they're a Christian, well, because my mama taught me to be. That's, that's how I was raised. That's where I was brought up. And, and the Bible tells us that's not enough. Mm-hmm. Right. We're, we're supposed to have answers. We're supposed to look. We're supposed to study. And, and one verse that I kind of live off of, uh, as I think I mentioned last time, was Romans chapter 1 says God has made himself evident in creation. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that tonight. It's, it's kind of fun. But when we finish, each, each piece that we're going to look at over the next several episodes is going to discuss a piece of that engineering for the bridge. Mm-hmm. And so you have to, in your life, decide whether you're going to cross one bridge or the other, which one you believe and accept as you, as truth, Yeah. which one most comports with reality. And so that's kind of where we're going to go with this. We're going to, we're going to see if we can put the first block, the first pillar under the bridge tonight. And this is my favorite. It, it really is my favorite. So going back to kind of what we had talked about, the, the, the truth claim, um, would, you, would you say that it's, I mean, I think we all like kind of learned this in the third grade, second grade kind of thing. There's opinion and then there's fact. Absolutely. That's kind of the, that's not an exact way of describing it, but because a, a truth claim can either be subjective and I, and I heard somebody explain that that was because it's based on the subject. So I am the subject. So if I have a truth claim that, 
you know, red is the most awesome color. Well, that's that's up to me. You know, it doesn't have anything. To, it doesn't change the color red. Right. Right. So it's subjective. It's an it's my opinion. Mm-hmm. Now, a an objective claim is one that can be. Um, it, it's one that, like you said, is based in reality, and and the truth claim is about an object. Like I could say that that coffee was, you know, when it came out of the the brewer, it was, you know, about 200 degrees. Now, I could say that that coffee, when it came out of the brewer, is 40 degrees. And that would be an objective truth claim because it's, it's, it's something that can be verified by science. It would be a scientific truth claim. Um, but I might be wrong. Sure. You know, so just because somebody makes the claim doesn't mean that it is actual truth, but there's subjective kind of opinion, and then there's objective that's about the object that you're talking about. Is that? That's that's exactly where we're going and what we're talking about here. And, and there are certain claims mm-hmm. that, that we believe because that evidence is so strong. Right. I, I was born in 1964. John That's why F- his Twitter handle is... Old Bear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, John F. Kennedy was killed on November 22nd, 1963, which was 11, approximately 11 months before I was born. I never saw John Kennedy be president. But I accept that truth the objective truth of John Kennedy having been president because of the overwhelming evidence of such. Mm -hmm. As I go backwards in time, and and we're going to be going back about 2,000 years before we finish all this, as I go backwards in time, we have to look at each piece of evidence for historical truth Mm-hmm. and determine whether that evidence is sufficient and believable. Mm-hmm. And there are certain nuances of that evidence that you have to look at to determine whether that is an acceptable and, and believable piece of evidence and whether it actually can comport with reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's funny. I never kind of thought about it, but... Um, like something that recent, I've thought before, well, prove to me that George Washington did whatever. Right. You know, but even just something that, I mean, I was, I was born later than you. So, I mean, there could be some things that are in, you know, that happened in your lifetime that you might've witnessed. And for you, you can say, yes, that absolutely happened. But for me, I'm still having to take your word for it. I saw the first Super Bowl. I was three years old, but I saw the first Super Bowl. I know that, not because I have a memory of it, Mm -hmm. but because my daddy watched every NFL game that was on television. And and so I I know that it was there. Mm -hmm. I, I vividly remember the Super Bowl back in 1971. I was seven years, six years old at the time, and and I vividly remember that. I know it happened. 
I saw it. Yeah. That's one of the one of the ways that we have knowledge. We have knowledge from sight, and we talked about this a little bit. And we have knowledge from sight, and and touch and hearing. Mm-hmm. We and and we have knowledge from learning, mm-hmm. and we have knowledge from experiencing. And and we talked about those th- three things. When when you are looking at historical truth claims, such as what we are going to be looking at, you you have to decide for yourself whether those claims you believe comport with reality, whether there is enough evidence to go there. All right. Well, then let's go there. (laughs) I'm buckled in. I'm ready. Let's roll. Where are we going to start? We're going to start with the flat earth. Oh, no. No. (laughs) Come on. Don't tell me they're right. Ah. (laughs) It's back. (laughs) It's back. Hey. Now, guess who's back? No, no, no. Flat Earth is back. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really enjoy science. And, and it's interesting when you look at the history of science. Science is basically the study of causes for anything. Okay, you can, you can boil it down to science looks for things that it can test and find that, that something caused something. Something created something. And once upon a time... In, in science, uh, they believed that the earth was flat and, and the universe was static and eternal. And, and actually, the flat earth goes way, way back. But the eternal universe is not that old a thought. People, people that were, were teaching that the universe was eternal and static, that was still going on in, in the 1900s. Uh, I was I was listening to I don't have enough faith to be an atheist Frank Turek and and Norm Geisler's book, and um, they were they were talking about that being taught as late as 1948, mm-hmm. and and then all of a sudden, what's fun is we have this letter to the Roman Church written by Paul in the first century, you know, sometime around 50, 60, somewhere in that in that time frame, and and he says in the first chapter that God has revealed himself in creation, well, science starts catching up with that. And science starts starts studying it. When we start right around the turn of the, the 19th to the 20th century, when this fellow that you may or may not have heard of named Albert Einstein, kind of kind of smart fellow, he did, he did what's crazy called... Crazy hair. Crazy hair. It's great. Um, and, and he was, from, from what I understand from my study, he was, he was pretty agnostic, atheist-leaning, and, and he was putting together what we know as the theory, general theory of relativity. And, and can I quote any of that to you or tell you the best? I'm, I'm not a physics person, okay? But I, I can talk a little bit about the history of it. And, and what he came to in, in his theory was a mathematical formula that showed that time, space, and matter were all dependent on one another. And as a result of his mathematics, he came to the conclusion, unfortunately for his beliefs, and he, he kind of, uh, from what I understand, he built into his math his mathematics kind of a fudge factor. He divided by zero. It's usually not good. Yeah, and it wasn't good, wasn't good because it, it ended up um, not necessarily showing the reality that he was looking for. And um, some other physicists started looking at it and and they confronted him and and had discussions about it as i understand the history and the general theory of relativity showed that there was a beginning to the universe 
And this actually offended a lot of the scientists. That, that the universe actually had a beginning. Why? Fits with the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so science had made that first step to, oh boy, we're looking at something that might actually fit in the Bible. Well, then you fast forward a few years and, and they start putting satellites up in the sky and they build this massive telescope. Actually, the telescope came way before the satellites. They built this massive telescope that we now know as the Hubble telescope. We've all heard of that one. And, and the Hubble telescope, in, in looking out at creation, found this light coming from other bodies, stars, planets, other things, and the light kind of had a red shift to it. And what's cool about that red shift to the light, and, and again, something I had no idea of, that red shift to the light showed that all the planets and bodies and stars in the universe are moving apart from one another. Hmm. And, and it's another sign that at one point in time, the universe exploded. Ex- expanded, yeah. It started as a s- small spot. And it it smart, started exponentially in all directions. And, and as they keep going, because I, I don't want to go too horribly deep into this, but as, as they keep going through science, they find other evidences and other evidences and other evidences of, of the universe having an absolute beginning. And by, by virtue of the fact that the universe had an absolute beginning, time... Time itself and matter had an absolute beginning. It didn't just come from a little bitty spot. It came from nothing. And I mean nothing. And Aristotle, one of the the great philosophers of the world, defined better than I think anybody I've ever heard of what nothing is. Nothing's what rocks dream of. (laughs) (laughs) Okay? That's pretty good. That's that's what rocks dream of. So the next time you wonder... What was there before the universe, and, and we'll refer, I know some people are going to be offended by this, because I know some people who are churchgoers don't like the phrase Big Bang. But I kind of feel like when God said, let there be, that there was probably a great Big Bang. Yeah, I saw a shirt one time that said, I believe in the Big Bang. God said, bang, and there it was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and it was big. And, and I, I'll be honest with you guys, it doesn't offend me either way. Whether, whether you think there was a six-day creation or whether the universe you think the universe is 14 billion years old, neither one offends me. I, I've heard people a lot smarter than me that can defend either one from biblical, from the Bible. Yeah. Um, so we could go any direction with that. I, I don't care. I don't know. If, if there's a God, and, and I believe so, and we're going to talk about that, if there's a God that can take nothing and say... There, go, create, look at this. Then, mm-hmm. then he could make a 14 billion year old universe look that old, or a six day universe look that old, yeah. or or vice versa. I really don't care. It doesn't offend my faith either way. Right. But but the point of the matter is, science has come to the absolute conclusion with where we are today that the universe had a beginning. Yeah. I saw a, uh, I read an article, I meant to send it to you actually, I read an article last week that was talking about the Big Bang, and there were multiple times in there where they just said this, like, scientists, especially when the Big Bang Theory first started, 
like they had to drag people kicking and screaming to it. And it was all because before then there was nothing. And so, and I'd never thought about kind of that theory of relativity with, with time being tied to energy and mass that if there was no energy and no mass, then there was no time. And that's kind of like, that's a nutty one. Um, it's it's hard to conceive. Yeah, yeah. And again, because it, I mean, well, I mean, any anything that crazy, you know, that crazy as far as something from nothing is hard to conceive. Right. Like we can't do that. Like we can't. Nobody can do that now. No, this is you this know? is not a magic trick of pulling a rabbit out of a hat. No. This is this is a a magic trick, if you will, of nothing. It's pulling a rabbit out of nothing. Nothing. <laughs> what rocks dream of? Get the hat. So I'm going to be the guy in this, this show that tries to uh, make make things as, seem as simple as possible because sometimes I get lost in some of this stuff. So, But what we're saying is when you shrink it all back, if we were to hit rewind on the world today, we just went back in time till that beginning, science and Christianity, the Bible, are going to take us to the same place. Eventually, of there was a creation. But the question becomes, what caused the creation? And, and again, we talked early, early last week that we're not going to try to use the Bible to prove this in the beginning. Yeah. We're going to look at the Bible on down the road. What, what we're looking at is science. And, and you look at science, and science is building, I believe— my truth claim, and and many others, a whole lot smarter than I am, is building towards some type of creation. And there are a lot of agnostic or atheistic scientists who who are quoted in several of the books I have looked at and listened to, who who will say we can't and may never be able to scientifically explain something that occurred outside of our universe. We're basically invoking metaphysical, supernatural causes that we can't test or prove because now we're in a universe. Yeah. Yeah, you can't really measure like nothing because there's something everywhere. And that's <laughs> that's the interesting thing. The scientists now, one of, one of the scientists I have read about is a guy named Lawrence Krauss from Arizona State. He's, he's like one of the most brilliant physicists around today. And, and he has supposedly come up with a method of, of describing the beginning. And, and I've been looking at some message board discussions on the topic in the last few days, and there are a lot of people that are accepting things from he and Stephen Hawking, who has is, who is now passed, that are describing, trying to describe what they believe they have seen or studied or, or learned. But the, the people and even the agnostics and atheists who, who read their theories admit that those theories require something— to create, mm-hmm. and and they try to look at it at a quantum level, and and these scientists are saying that's still something, and it requires time, mm-hmm. and energy, and energy, and and they've they've gone through different theories such as well maybe if the Big Bang happened what happened is 
there were there were bangs that occurred over and over again. The universe explodes and expands and then sucks back in, and then when it sucks back in and explodes again in an, in an eternal back and forth. And and the problem with that is we have these little things called the laws of thermodynamics, and and what the laws of thermodynamics I can't even say it. Thermodynamics tell us is that there is a finite, a limited amount of energy in the universe. And so kind of like dropping a, a golf ball or, or something on the ground, it bounces higher the first time, and then eventually it quits bouncing. Well, if, if the universe were eternally bouncing back and forth, then it would be stopped at this point. It would yeah. it would have no choice but to have stopped by this point because it would have run out of energy. Yeah. I mean, it just all it just so the the majority of people, majority the mass of probably the world, would all agree nowadays that there was a creation that there something were, happened. That all the evidence, the majority of the evidence points to at some point this all began. Something began. Yeah. That that there was nothing. There was nothing. And then there was something. And there was something. And it's and. Just, the disagreement is what caused the nothing to, to turn into something. something. Exactly, and and that's kind of the first brick, the first Which is pillar. One that, tell me, you've probably looked into this a whole lot. It's like scientists can't really explain that yet. The closest that people have come to believing something are from Lawrence Krauss and Stephen Hawking. And, and what they have found is at the quantum level, at the tiny, tiny, tiniest level, atomic level, that it appears when you're in a vacuum, the best vacuum they can create, the closest to nothing they can create, which is still something, okay, that, that they are finding that electrons, the little bittiest, tiniest piece of an atom, appear to at times disappear and reform. And, and what they want to claim with that, and, and I'm sorry if we're getting overly scientific, and I'm getting way above my head in the science also, but what they want to claim with that is this is an example of matter basically going away and reforming out of nothingness. What other scientists have stated is more probable is that those electrons are we, we just can't predict their motion, mm-hmm. that they're never going out of existence. Chaos but they are. Theory, right? it's, it's kind of that chaos idea, mm-hmm. and that, in fact, what we have to do to observe them, because we don't have microphone, microscopes that can see electrons, but we have to disturb them to see them. See them. Okay, and that in disturbing them, you are creating this appearance. Yeah. Then we're the outside force, and we're the outside force. Yeah. We are we are the it. We're yeah. Mm. It's an it's an incredible thing, and it like I said, it goes way 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 beyond anything that you could study outside of going and getting a degree. Pretty yeah. In it, but basically, what we understand from that is there was a beginning, and and then science. From that, from that beginning, started looking at things that are, are what we call fine-tuned. And, and they sent up a satellite called COBE, the Cosmic Background Environment 
um, satellite where they were looking for what they had predicted they would see if there was actually a Big Bang. And, and all the scientists, including, including the likes of Stephen Hawking, said this was maybe the greatest discovery in all of mankind's history. What they found, um, several of them stated, were the markings of creation. They found the background radiation that is spread evenly throughout the universe that shows basically so they can go back and look at the speed with which the universe exploded into existence. And, and I saw a video the other day where a guy was claiming that they can go back to within one tiny fraction of a second after the Big Bang because they are looking at this light. See, you, you understand... When you're looking at light through a, through a telescope that is far, far away, you're actually seeing something that happened in the past. Because it's traveled. Because it's traveled. Yeah. Okay? And so the further away we look, the older the light we're looking at. And, and I know that sounds crazy and it sounds really deep, but, but they described and have defined that this Big Bang, this explosion, this occurrence of the world coming to existence happened at what, strangely enough, was the perfect speed. Mm -hmm. If it would have been a fraction slower, the amount of matter in the universe would have sucked back in. If it would have been a fraction faster, the matter in the universe would have exploded. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, so so everything... Everything has gravity. Yes. Like every every object has gravity. And that's why like the moon is about a what a quarter or whatever the size of the earth, so it has about a quarter of the gravity of the earth. Right. So the the more mass that something has, the greater the gravity it has. Absolutely. So since mass can neither be created nor destroyed, then all the mass of the universe had to be created at that point in the big, you know, whatever that bang was. Um, and so the gravity there would, I mean, that's ridiculous. You know, I mean, you're talking the gravity of the sun and our sun is teeny tiny compared to most suns. Um, so that huge amount of gravity would have been pulling in everything. So everything, so you're saying if it had not exploded at the exact right rate, then things would have gone out, but then just gotten sucked right back down. Like me or you trying to jump exactly. off the earth. And, uh, and we we're not, we're not describing down. a difference in rate that was one mile an hour. Mm-hmm. We're, we're describing a difference in rate that was a decimal. If it changes by a decimal point with like 150 or more zeros after it yeah. and a one at the end. If it changes by that amount, it doesn't become a universe. And not only the the rate, but even the amount of mass. Right. The, you know, the, you know, the correct the, amount of mass, the correct amount of explosion, the correct amount of speed had to have occurred at just the right rate for it to create a universe. Yeah. For time, space, and matter to exist as, yeah. as we know it to allow life. Gravity. That's another of the constants. Mm-hmm. If, if the gravitational pull of things were the slightest, tiniest, tiny, tiny incremental fraction, not going to bore everybody with little bitty numbers, 
there would be no life. Yeah. Not, not that there would be no life as we know it. There would be no life. Could be no life. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy that even just why is it that, that things that have mass have gravity? I don't understand the I mean, concept of gravity. I, I don't get it. It blows my mind. <laughs> I do every time I try to get up. <laughs> <laughs> That's, but it's it's a good way to think of it. Yeah. As as I've gotten bigger, I've had a harder time getting up. Well, if if the universe had more mass, it would have sucked. Could have sucked back in. It had to have just the right amount. It had to have just the right amount of gravity. It had to have just the right amount of speed at the bang. Or or it would not exist. So basically what we're saying is that scientists have proposed a galactic event of some sort that had to be so precise with everything about it had to be so precise that believing that it could be an accident is like. I have have seen it equated to this, uh, a couple of different things. Um, I think my favorite was put a target the size of a quarter on the opposite end of the universe and hit it with a 22. That's the possibility. Yeah. Um, and, and we're talking about. Yeah. Thousands, millions and millions and millions of light years. Gajillions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the, to tell you how big the universe is, I, th- I thought this was really cool. To tell you how big the universe is, the, the speed of the space shuttle, that's, that's pretty fast. It's like 2,000 miles an hour. Okay. I'm going to disagree with you there. Okay. I think it's a lot faster. I think it's a lot faster. Google it. Okay. Controversy. Okay. You keep going. It doesn't matter. Well, and I may be wrong on the exact speed. I, I don't know, but this this was the example given at the at the speed of the um, space shuttle to make it to the nearest star oh, would yeah. would take two hundred thousand years. Yeah. If Wait. if you started at AD zero at, at zero, yeah, you would be ten percent of the way there. That's a long time. Yeah. All right, so. Dramatic so, pause in your cars right now. Do you agree with Johnson's it's greater than 2,000 miles per hour? Or Bobby's taking a shot at 2,000 miles per hour? <laughs> I think it's like more like 14,000. Argue amongst yourselves and in it, the car? It may, it may be 20. It is. It nice. says a space shuttle must reach speeds of about 17,500 miles per okay. hour to remain in orbit. To remain in orbit. So they rounded it at 20 for, the, for the example that I was that I was hearing. And, and it would have taken... 200,000 years to get there. That's a long time. Yeah, that's a long, yeah. long time. Just make sure you eat your um, Wheaties and, and use and good hair products. The other... <laughs> what? You can make it. A good, lotion. With good hair products, good you lotion. can make it to the sun. You know. Yeah. I even... I'm such the nerd that I even figured out one day, like how long it takes the light from the sun. Like when you see the sun rise... It's already happened, you know, by several minutes. Spoiler alert, son, don't move, Jonathan. This is, <laughs> this is how this study has kind of weirded me out. I was driving down Military Road in Benton today and looked up at a billboard, and I thought, you know, I'm actually seeing that billboard as it was, not as it is. 
Oh my god. <laughs> That's it's really messed with my head some. I think you may need to take a break. <laughs> I, I probably do. See me as I am, not as so, I was. So I'm, what I'm understanding out of this is my sunburn that I always get every summer actually originated a while back. It did. <laughs> just, By a few minutes. It anyway. just got to me. Yeah. Mm. But it's it's incredible once you start looking at how many things had to be set just right for for the earth to have life. Yeah. And and I in in some notes I listed out a few of them. Um, oxygen had to be at 21% on the earth. And if oxygen's not at 21%, we either have a whole bunch of fires or a whole bunch of dead everything. No life. Um, the atmospheric transparency, our atmosphere, our ozone layer around the mm-hmm. earth has, has to be just right to let in just the right amount of, of sunlight. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the tilt of the earth, you know, when you, yeah. when you look at a globe, how it's it's tilted and the and the poles are not straight up and down. Well, that's the Earth has a twenty three percent tilt, mm-hmm. and if that tilt's not just right, the temperatures of the Earth can't support life. Yeah, even even down to the amount of lightning and earthquakes on Earth have to be a sufficient amount for the appropriate nutrients in the soil and in the oceans. We, we have to have a certain amount of those things to have that. It's, it's incredible. The, um, one of the examples they give in, in Turek and, and Geisler's book is of Apollo 13. And if, if you've seen that movie, um, you know, it's, it's very intense. And what they are trying to create in that space capsule and trying to maintain is a fine-tuned atmosphere in that capsule. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what... Atheists, agnostics want us to believe it just happened. It had to happen. And and there are over a hundred of these constants that that exist in the universe. Even the placement of the planet Jupiter in our solar system is important to life existing on Earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jup- Jupiter's kind of the, the spatial vacuum cleaner for the Earth. It's got so much gravity that it sucks things in. And, and blocks them away from hitting the earth. So that way we don't have to have like real life Armageddon. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to close my eyes. <laughs> that was just for all the ladies out there. Wow. We needed, he needed to bring some lightness into this anyway. Yeah. So, but what we're saying, so now we're also saying that not only was there, a, a, there's a, an agreement that there was a creation. But there's an agreement that it was absolute perfection. Because exactly. If it wasn't perfect, it wouldn't have worked. Any of these things that are changed by a microscopic amount, and we do not have life. And, and again, I'm not talking about human life. I'm talking about we do not have life. Period. Which, I mean, even when you, I know we're not necessarily going here, but when you talk about just human life, period. That in the grandness of all this, that there's, as far as we know, okay, just study anybody out here. There's one planet in all of it that has life. So so far as we're aware, yeah. Because even even where our our planet is in our galaxy is important. If if it were a different place in the galaxy, it couldn't sustain life. If 
way to the fourth rock from the sun. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it proposes a question to me because you could you could start to say, yeah, I mean, it's just everything did work out that way because it, it had to. I mean, I think that's the argument. If you don't believe in the idea of a creator, it just believe in this creation event, that everything did work. I mean, the evidence says everything did work perfectly because here we are. I just think it gets into this long debate of, you know, why can't human life be different and be the human body be different and sustainable on Jupiter versus Earth? You know, like, I'm going too far here, but like the Earth is like this perfect vessel for us as people. Why didn't it, why didn't life create over there where, and just become perfect for that planet, you know? And and if if we're to believe that life was inevitable, why isn't there some type of life in other environments? If if life is so inevitable, mm-hmm. why doesn't it self-create somewhere? Why don't we continue to see life being created? Um, that's those are I mean, I think many a, many things that are thrown out question. there. <laughs> yeah. like... And there, I mean, I guess the if you're if you're not saying that God created. So I guess two different arguments. If you're saying that, that God did create, then, I mean, it's his universe. He can do what he wants. So he could have created other life sure. somewhere. If you know. have a creator, that creator, I'm I'm certain, would be creative enough to create. come up with something else. Yeah. Um, but if you're on the other side of the spectrum where you, you do not believe in God, then you could say as massive as the universe is, then... There's a chance that life is, exists somewhere else like it does here. But for all of the preciseness, even like to get us to this point as an earth, then then for life to be able to be sustained and all of the different, I mean, all of the chances that, you know, I mean, the precision that it has to be to be exactly perfect now we're saying not only did it do it once, but it did it twice or three times or four times. I mean, the liklihood of that happening, I just don't see. You know what I mean? I mean, you're, I just don't you're a computer see. guy, right? Yeah, sort of. Had this wonderful discussion. My my son is majoring in in computer engineering at UCA. Yeah, a little little plug for my alma mater, and um, he's going through That's coding. Why he's old. Yeah, there you go. Uh, He's going through coding right now. I don't know if you do any coding. Yeah. Um, VB.net. And he and I I were driving down the road a few weeks ago, and he was talking about a a project where he had coded something. And I said, can you imagine you just throwing that code in and it, it falling into place in the computer and working? It's like, no, that doesn't happen. And and we're going to talk this episode and a little bit in the next because it gets even better. The the argument of of life and and intelligence and and how something has to put it together, but that's what we're talking about with fine tuning. Yeah. It it either had to be an accident, or it had to happen this way. And I don't think anybody found a way to show that it had to happen this way. Mm-hmm. The odds of the accident are virtually impossible. 
They are they're so minuscule, and and you also have to add in that before this became, there was no time. Period. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't like there was anything to create from. Yep. And it's not like a. I think sometimes we think of the, you know, like the universe, whatever, like a video game where you can try to do something. And if you don't, then it just goes backwards, you know, like this far. And then you can try a little bit more. And then if it doesn't, you can start over and over and over. The problem with this is if there's any tiny little issue, it's not that it rolls back. It's that everything is destroyed and like there's no do overs. And one of the arguments I saw, um, William Lane Craig on his his website, Reasonable Faith, has a message board, and and you know I get into message boards sometimes. I can I, I like and but mostly I'll stalk and and read. And on this message board, there is actually a guy that that touts, that claims that he believes, and and I think personally this takes a lot of faith, a lot of kind of blind faith, that there were an eternity of big bangs until one finally banged the right way. Hmm. And, and he supposedly claims that at the quantum level, you can prove that. Now I haven't found any scientist that claims to prove that, but, but that's what was being touted on the message board. And it, but see, it just still doesn't, so this is the one of all the eternal ones that did work, and it was so fine-tuned that even life could exist on the third planet from the sun in this little galaxy way off in the middle of, you know. Yeah. It's, it's so, too exact. So what do we know? In, in having this discussion, what do we know? We know that there was something that happened outside of time, outside of the universe, that caused the universe. Because and, and the reason for that is because there was no, apparently, no time and no anything. So it has to be outside of that. Yeah. Obviously. There was, there was something that was timeless, something that was not matter and... and I didn't say it that doesn't matter, right. but is not matter. It's not it's something not you can touch. Yeah. And and something that wasn't energy as we know it that caused this. Because as we know within our universe, everything that has a beginning has a cause. Mm-hmm. Everything that has a beginning has a cause. Now, there's one more little twist to this that's that's really out there but but i I think you got to talk about it just a little bit aliens yeah (laughs) this this really this wild it took me like three times listening to it to to kind of comprehend it but But we're gonna give it to you once we're gonna give it to you one time in two minutes so listen up close and and it's the argument of of eternalness and infinity within a time frame okay and and infinity within a time frame yeah that's uh confusing well that's because it's impossible it sounds like an oxymoron <laughs> it is it's like an oxymoron yeah moron wow i mean oxy wow <laughs> wow <laughs> bobby's going 
Guys, guys, wow. bring it! Come on! I'm over here thinking of Buzz Lightyear. Yeah, that, well, thinking. that's exactly what you're thinking about. Yeah. But but it basically what it says is you can never. Nothing in reality, in in our time space reality, can be eternal. Okay. It it can't have never had a beginning within our universe. Right, because now, our stew on that because our universe a had itself had a beginning. But the universe itself can't be eternal. That's that's not a possibility. Right. Because At least like not eternally backwards, but what about eternally forward? Eternally forward, sure. But if it's eternally backward, the concept is you never do get to today. Think about that a second. Let there be silence. <laughs> Think about that a second. If if it how how long does it take in eternity? To get anywhere from the past, from eternal past. I don't think you can. Yeah, Jonathan. Can you? <laughs> you can't. Moron. And and there are there are examples <laughs> that we could go into. Their discussion. This wasn't a live show, so that we didn't look dumb. No, like <laughs> I, the only reason the only reason I bring it up is is you if anybody see wants Dustin's face now. <laughs> If anybody wants to dig into that issue, there there are some philosophers, there are some some people that discuss that, and and I would suggest you dig into it a little more with a really big cup of coffee. With a really big cup of coffee, because like I said, I had to, I had to listen to two or three different books two or three different times to even be able to begin to conceptualize it, and and I have a lot of college hours in math and have worked with infinite numbers quite a bit. And but once you realize that you can work with the concept of infinity in math, but you can't in the real world. Mm-hmm. See, I always thought that. I always thought that when I was taking those math classes, when they started talking about imaginary numbers and inf- in infinite numbers. Yeah, it's like you can't. Whatever, people. Y'all just, y'all just, y'all just trying to make me feel dumb now. Here's all I know. There's a line, and on one end of the line is a dot. And on the other end of the line is an arrow. <laughs> it's only going one way. There you it's go. starting, yeah. it's going one way. And and really you go back the other way, you're gonna hit the dot. And really if we I mean, I don't know if you've if anybody talks about this, I'm sure they do. If you've looked at this, like if because the universe is still moving, it's right. still expanding. It's actually it's expanding facing, faster. Yeah, it's and so it's not I mean, at some point things are gonna fall apart. Sure. So it's not eternal either direction. No. Great. Everybody's going to sleep so much better tonight, <laughs> Sometime in the future, it's all going to end. And and I'm sure there's someone out there who has tried to figure out when that will be. Yes. Scientifically, not religiously. Well, I hope they do it before Bruce Willis dies, because <laughs> we're going to need him. Gonna have to pop on the shuttle. Aerosmith's gonna have to stick around. We need gonna to have to go quick. lasso the universe and pull it back together. Yep. If anybody can do it, Bruce Willis can do it. Right. And mm-hmm. and that's part of the laws of thermo dynamics. Yeah. Why do I have so much Order trouble with that word? Order to chaos, right? Order to chaos. Yeah. Um, anybody that has a teenage boy understands that. 
Anybody that is in their mid-50s understands that. I hate yeah. to tell you. It, 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 I've always thought it was interesting. So the, the, the law that you're talking about is that, that everything goes from order to chaos yes. unless there is an outside energy put on that. You, you don't, you don't like you spill a glass of milk. You don't, whoops, it goes into the glass. You know, everything is order to chaos. Um, everything falls apart. Everything, you know, ages, all those kind of things. Um you got to, and like I said, teenage boy, you go in the room in the morning, looks great. By the afternoon, it's a disaster zone, you know, unless they apply force to it. But the only one that, like, the creation of life and all of those things, even the Big Bang, all of that goes against that law. I, w- I would agree with that. If you really want very much a true education on chaos... Uh, I suggest you read Dr. Ian Malcolm from uh, Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> it is what I thought of earlier when I mentioned the chaos theory. Yeah, yeah. And, and don't, the greatest chaos titian or whatever he calls himself in the movie, I know. And don't create dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah, that's a good call. Don't bring them back. Yeah. Things for a reason. God took them out for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So basically, what we've the, the first pillar... In, in our bridge, is that the creating force, whatever it was, we're, we're not to the point of saying it was God yet. We know what we believe, but we're not saying it was God yet. This creating force is outside of time, something or someone outside of space, something or someone that is immaterial, something or someone that is supremely powerful. Mm-hmm. Now, we can begin... By seeing the order that is in it, I believe that I would put forth that this power, this something, was also intelligent and and personal because it decided for something to be there instead of nothing. Yeah. Now, we'll... we'll go more into that as we go into life. Yeah. Cuz I mean why do you create anything? Cuz we as we as humans the only create the only thing I've been able to figure out that we can actually create is art. Yeah. Like that's that's the only thing cuz creation it, the by the very meaning of it is taking something from nothing. Obviously we can build things using other matter to build things, but art and even design those kind of things, I think, are the way that we create. Um, but why do you do that? You know, because you you enjoy, you love, you want to, you know, share something with others. You want to, you know, I mean, there's there's there is emotion surrounding any time somebody creates something. Exactly, and and so if the first answer to the big question out there that if you if you encounter someone who doesn't believe in a creator first question is why is there something instead of nothing why Hmm. yeah what what possibly could cause something out of nothing yeah the the great skeptic david hume um would would agree with us he would never posit that there is any something that could come out of nothing. So so we're going to keep investigating. Um, 
as as we go through this, what that something looked like. And um, next next time that we get back together, we're going to talk about life. 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 It's my favorite cereal. <laughs> it really is good. So it's good. one of my favorites. It's so I like, good. I like cinnamon. I like the cinnamon life. I, you know, I like life. Period. I like I them all. Like, yeah. Mm. It's so good. I used to like. I'd pour it in there, like the cinnamon especially, and let it kind of get soggy, oh. and then start like you know. <laughs> mm. uh, sometimes I get laughed at or ridiculed because I'll take life cereal and put sugar on it, and they're like, "It's supposed to be a healthier cereal. Why are you putting sugar on it?" Because I'm like. Uh, it's better. They've never, they've never <laughs> eaten this. Well, I mean, I guess the cinnamon. I might have put sugar on it too. I mean, it takes. I don't do it all the time. No. I'm just like special occasions, yeah. like Monday through Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Only days of the week that end in Y. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So we, I'm going to let somebody else land the plane. We kind of just landed, I think. Yeah. Um, and. I, you know, and maybe I'm stepping out of turn here, but we talked about this word truth at the beginning. So is it safe to say that a truth that we learned today, there was a beginning, it was, there was something, something happened out of nothing, and it happened so perfectly to achieve where we're at today. I mean, yeah. it's a very, it's a very dumbed down version of it. But I, I think that is that's true, and like anybody can agree with that scientifically. No matter really, what your no matter faith what, is or no what you believe what, in, there was nothing, and then there was something, and that something was like kaplowy big. Those things happen. I just said kaplowy. You did. You did. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the show then. I got a feeling some of these shows where I'm going to end, I'm just going to know, not know what to say because I'm just, my brain is processing. Yeah. And your brain may be processing out there. And hopefully this encourages you to have your own conversations out there in the world. Uh, maybe maybe you listen with your spouse and y'all can have some interesting conversations about this. But we'd love to hear from you too. Yep. Um, if you want to reach out through us through um, social media, of course, or email. We said last week uh, we'll have a little thing. We'll have a giveaway if you want to send in a question or comment either through our email at landtheplanetoday at gmail.com or uh, like private messages. Yeah. Was it DMs or whatever like, called? I'm not hip. Get me on the DM. Yeah, through Twitter, Used Facebook, DL. Instagram, any of those three, you shoot us a message through there. We'll get notified yeah. and we'll put it in the hat. So You can also connect with Bobby and just get it straight from the horse's mouth. Uh, on Twitter, you you hang out in the Twitter, Twitter sphere Old man, no old bear. <laughs> <laughs> old now I'm everybody remembers at yeah. at old bear forty five. Old bear forty five. What old was the forty five? That was my jersey number in college. Okay, oh, so and then it became my in daughter's jersey number through college. softball, and my son's jersey number in pee wee football. There so yeah, go. my my old jersey bear number 45. for UCA was forty five. What position did you play? I was a deep snapper and a tight end. A deep snapper. I was and a tight end. My my one skill was that I could throw a ball between my legs really, really fast and really accurately. Hey, huh. that's not the snapping probably helped you get a tight end. What are your boots? <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, everybody. <laughs>
That's sick. <laughs> oh, couldn't help myself. Dustin Dandrin, everybody. His email address. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, shoot us a message. We'll talk about it with you. We'll discuss. Yeah. yeah. Us, Bobby, we'll all talk about it. So send us a message, one of those things. Uh, when the plane 247 is our Twitter. Yep. So you can tag us both. You bet. And in the future, on a future show uh, down the road or, or during one of our current shows, we'll we'll tackle some of those questions or comments that yes. y'all send in to us, and we'll be happy to do so. I think it would be quite interesting to see what everybody's thinking. So, um, And tell us, you know, if you want to remain anonymous or anything in the comments, you know, I don't want to throw you out there in the world if you don't want it. So. Uh, let us know if it's okay to share your name and stuff, and we'll get it out there, and we'll talk about it. So, Bam. Sounds good. Lots to think about. Lots to process. I'm excited about where we're going, and um, really appreciate you, Bobby, coming and all the prep work you're doing for this. I mean, not just now, but over the years. Yeah, <laughs> He's been, absolutely. been laying this on your heart for a while, so we're excited to hear and share about it. So, y'all, um, we don't know what's going to happen in Arkansas weather. Yeah. Might have a sandstorm. Might, uh, I heard a comment that said people who believe in Armageddon or uh, Revelations could be concerned soon because of the amount of cicadas that will be coming out of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is that year, isn't it? Yeah. So cicada year. Just prepping y'all. Watch out. <laughs> yeah. It could be bad after. Mm, it's going to be fun. We went camping one time. I'm going to wrap the show with this. I'm going to shut up. We went camping one time, and there was so many cicadas out there. They were falling out of the trees. If you sat under the trees, they were falling onto you yeah. and your food and stuff. I don't like bugs. They need to mind the business, leave me out of it. I don't like them touching me. It was hard. I was emotional. I was traumatized. <laughs> I don't need any more of that, John. I'm just telling you right now. Don't call 911. It's okay. Stay inside. Yeah. All right, y'all. We appreciate you listening. Look for the next show and see what we got going. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye.